Thankful, as always, for the time of Illinois State Senator Terry Bryant. Hey, Will. Well, it's the last week of session, which is a crazy, crazy week. Or I guess it maybe isn't the last week of session. Maybe that's the first question. Do you think we're going to go past the 19th? Well, um, we're scheduled to be done on the 19th, but there are some House members uh, who say that they don't think that we will be. Um, we haven't seen a budget yet, so we're, we go into session in the Senate at 5 o'clock this evening without having seen a finished product. Um, ideally, it would be a bill that has to be read three times in the Senate and three times in the House. That generally is not the way it happens. Generally, it'll be on um, they, you know, a shell bill, so a vehicle bill, and it will have already be, been read twice. We'll get an hour or two to look at it. Uh, and then it'll either pass in the Senate and go over to the House or the same thing would have happened in the House and then come over to the Senate. So if that happens, if, you know, if there's a vehicle bill or a shell bill, there's enough Democrat votes to pass it and we'll be done on Friday. If they want uh, to have bipartisan support, then certainly we're going to want to see that um, and see what's happening on it. Um, uh, we've got real concerns on the 1.2 to 1.5 billion dollars uh, that it looks like we'll be spending on Medicaid for undocumented immigrants, uh, that's a that's a concern. We have other things that are our priorities besides spending Medicaid dollars on those uh, individuals who are here undocumented. Illinois State Senator Terry Bryant with us. Uh, one of the issues that I've talked a lot about on the program over the last six months is the assault weapons ban and the kind of just legal limbo that that thing has been in. And it's created some weird situations, some of which uh, you and your colleagues uh, pointed out recently during a press conference. Yeah, so um, when uh, uh, federal judge Steve McGlynn issued an injunction against the semi-automatic firearms ban on April the 28th. From April the 28th to May 4th, thousands of people went to gun shops and purchased um, firearms that are on that uh, ban. Uh, I believe that's an unconstitutional ban. I think the courts will eventually rule that way. Uh, but for right now, it's making its way through the courts. So Steve McGlynn, Judge McGlynn, issues an injunction or a stay on the law. On May the 4th, a federal judge in Chicago at the appellate level stayed that injunction, right? So there is an injunction against the injunction against the gun bill. And so those folks between April 28th and May 4th who purchased those firearms are now have firearms that are illegal for them to own because they could not buy them after January, I believe it was January 1 of 2023. So they weren't allowed to be sold. You weren't allowed to purchase them. Recently, uh, in uh, because uh, we've uh, uh, made this, made people aware of this, it was led by uh, Senator Jason Plummer. And then uh, Senator Neil Anderson and I joined him at a press conference just this past week, pointed this out. Their response to that was Governor Pritzker told people, just sign the affidavit, uh, which I don't know if he knows it or not, but would basically be saying that you purchased that firearm prior 
to the gun ban going into effect, which means that if you sign that, you could be uh, guilty of perjury, federal perjury. So, of course, that is not the solution. So we offered uh, Senate Bill 1073, Amendment 1, uh, which will uh, take that time period, April 28th to May 4th, and anything after that, where there's an injunction that gives confusion, um, does not place people who I believe legally went and purchased those firearms, does not put them in danger of becoming felons or uh, uh, high charges of misdemeanors. So I'm not an attorney. I cannot advise people what to do, but uh, cer- certainly we have attorneys that are helping us that say that Senate Bill 1073 is an absolute essential in order to keep those folks that purchase firearms from April 28th to May 4th and any that do that. You know, if this injunction is lifted, the one that's in place right now, that stays that other one that stayed the law, right? You can see, I'm, I'm purposely saying it this way because I want people who are confused to know this is a confusing time. And your constitutional rights are being infringed upon and challenged. They're going through the courts, but not all judges are constitutionalists. Not all judges appreciate the constitution even though they take an oath to it. And clearly not all legislators uh, are um, supporting the oath that they took to support the Constitution, I am. And it's interesting that Justice Amy Coney Barrett uh, apparently now has the option to issue an emergency injunction or she could refer the question to the full Supreme Court for consideration. So it's working its way toward this consideration from the United States Supreme Court. Um and is currently before the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, if I understand all of this correctly. Yeah, it's the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals that stayed uh, Judge McGlynn's injunction. Okay. So that, that is what has caused the majority of confusion here. So you have one judge saying the law is, you know, he, he, he didn't want the law to be in effect because in his writing, in his decision, he says that, uh, he believes ultimately this law will be reversed. And so people of the United States, people of the of Illinois, people of Illinois should not uh, have their rights infringed on when ultimately this is going to get reversed at the Supreme Court. Then it goes to the Seventh Circuit uh, Court of Appeals. That judge who's from Chicago says, no, we're going to we're going to let the law run its course until I've been able to hear this in full. So I believe now he has had written arguments given to him, and I don't know what the date is, but I think there's a date coming up where he'll hear oral arguments. I don't think that that, that judge is as well-versed on um, constitutional gun rights as Steve McGlynn is, uh, but the Bruin case, uh, formally decided by the U.S. Supreme Court, changed the whole face of gun laws uh, throughout the entire United States. And everything has to be weighed against that Bruin decision. And the Bruin decision basically takes us back to what was the original intent of those who wrote the Constitution. And that is that we, our rights to bear arms cannot be infringed. And um, 
I, ultimately, I believe that when we get all of this to um, we get all of this to uh, the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, that'll be found to be true. But in the meantime, all of these folks that went April twenty eighth to May fourth to purchase firearms, which was legal at that moment, it was legal for them to do that. Then became illegal May the fourth that they even owned them, according to the original ban on the semi-automatic fire web, uh, firearms. And so we have to fix that. And even those who support this, that ban should have a clear understanding that we cannot have people who are made criminals simply because they went and bought a firearm during a six-day period. That's ridiculous if they don't get on board with uh, this with uh, Senate Bill 1073. Well, it's sort of like the lights coming on and the lights going out and the lights coming on and the lights going out, you know, and it's really difficult for people to keep up with whether or not they've got a constitutional right on Monday. I don't have it on Wednesday. I've got it again on Thursday. I mean, this is, as the Red Skelton used to say, this is no way to run a railroad. That's exactly right. This is no way to run a railroad or a government. Right. So, uh, Illinois State Senator Terry Bryant with us. Um, Terry, you touched on it momentarily, uh, the expanded Medicaid for undocumented immigrants in the state of Illinois. Obviously, we don't have a budget complete yet, as you mentioned, but it seems like that uh, expansion of that program is inevitable. Well, it seems to be because the governor wants it. So let's um, let's go back uh, about two years when the original um, push towards illegal immigrant health care first went into law. The first conversations were that it would be for those who are 65 and older who qualify for Medicaid. Uh, Even though they were here undocumented, um, they would be eligible. Now, you know that there are only X number of dollars for Medicaid, period, right? So if you're giving dollars to those who are undocumented, and you're taking dollars away from those who are citizens. That's just the fact, unless you're going to pour more money into it, make them separate. This is for citizens. This is for non-citizens. But in fact, it's all bundled up together. And uh, then on, uh, and then it went from being 65 to when the bill actually passed, it was for 55 and older. Then last year, it moved uh, secretly, really, through the, it didn't even, it wasn't even a bill. It was put into the budget and the BIMP, which is the budget implementation bill, which basically says that everything that's in the budget, you know, these are the things that can be paid for. So it gives the comptroller the authority to spend the money. So it was snuck into the BIMP, 42 and older. There's a bill now to fill the gap. So 19 to 42 is the gap because when you're uh, at born, until 18, you fall into uh, all kids. So that 19 to 42 gap they want to fill. So that gives you the uh, basis of what we're talking about. Now, what happened last year is that it was anticipated that that age 42 and up would cost roughly $67 million. That's with an M, $67 million. But it was budgeted $200 million. That's also because illegal immigrants... Uh, 55 and older at that point were also eligible for kidney transplants. There's a push this year to make it all organs. So people are coming from all over the world 
to get kidney transplants in not just the United States, but Illinois, because it's legal here. Okay, so 200 million plus was budgeted last year. What's ended up happening is it has cost uh, just over 800 million right now with an anticipation of it being somewhere around 900 million and the anticipation of next year being 1.2 to 1.5 billion dollars and that is only for undocumented immigrants. So why is that happening? Um, It's happening because there is a flashing neon sign all over the world that says come to Illinois and get free health care. So let's take, for instance, those who are crossing the border in Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, wherever it happens to be, California, and those that are being bused to Illinois. Anyone at those border states that are being bused out, the news won't tell you this, but this is the truth. They're being asked, where do you want to go? And they're being given a list of cities that they can be transported to. One of those cities is Chicago. So 8,500 people already have been best to Chicago. And why are they choosing Chicago? Because it's a big city. They can get jobs there. And hello, we have free health care. So obviously to the world, we have a neon sign out that says, come to Illinois. We're a welcoming state. Well, we'll pay for all of your medical needs. And in the meantime, our own people are not being taken care of. That's a concern to me. Well, I think it's a concern to many on both sides of the aisle because a five-gallon bucket holds five gallons of water, and Uh there is only a a certain amount of health care that a health care system can provide. That's right, and you have have hospitals who cannot turn people away, and their reimbursement, this this is another pressure on the budget for this year, those hospitals have not had their Medicaid reimbursement increase for well over 20 years. So at this point, they're being overwhelmed with those who are coming in with Medicaid needs, documented and undocumented, citizens and non-citizens. And they are, so our healthcare system is being pushed to the brink of failure because there is no responsibility in this budgeting when it comes to Medicaid spending. Right. And so the quality of care certainly will suffer as you try to expand more patients into a system that is teetering under the weight of all of this. So in any case, um, last thing we want to touch on with you before we let you go, we realize you're very busy. Um, Not too long ago, you hosted a diaper drive. This is a sort of thing that you're always engaged in. I know that uh, you're going to be asking for donations of eyeglasses, and this is in coordination with uh, some of your uh, district's Lions clubs. Yes. Um, let me touch for just a second on that uh, diaper drive, because I know you have a lot of believers who listen to this station, and I am an evangelical believer, and uh, so I really want to give the Lord prays when something cool happens that I know his hand was in. And that was on this diaper drive. I had X number of dollars besides the donations that were given uh, to buy diapers and lotions and things like that. So I was headed over to the Sparta uh, Crisis Pregnancy Center and then on to the Crisis Pregnancy Center in Carbondale uh, after we'd already delivered to Albion last week. 
And in Sparta, I stopped at Walmart. And when I went in, there was an entire end cap of Huggies. And not only were they Huggies, they were on sale. And it was the organic ones, right? So biodegradable. So not even the environmentalists can be mad about any about me buying disposable diapers. I had enough money to buy the entire end cap of diapers. And in fact, it was sizes one, two, and three. So I had enough uh, cash and enough diapers uh, to even add into that some formula and um, some diapers, some wipes, uh, and had enough cash to do that. So I believe that was the Lord's intervention in making sure that we were able to provide a large amount of diapers for those, um, both of those facilities. And uh, so finishing up the diaper drive, we started a uh, recycle for site. Um, every, I think almost everyone is aware that the Lions Clubs uh, collect eyeglasses. Uh, so we're going to help them uh, at the office here in Murfreesboro and the office in Mount Vernon. We're going to be collecting eyeglasses until May 31st. And then we'll be turning those over to a couple of the Lions Clubs in order for them to do what they do best. Uh, so we're, um, we're uh, just going to be a conduit to help eyeglasses get to the folks that really need them. So if listeners have eyeglasses and they have been able to figure out what to do with these old eyeglasses, bring them by the offices, and uh, we're happy to make sure that uh, on June the 1st, we get those to the Lions Clubs that we're partnering with. So um, please help us to uh, help gift uh, better sight to uh, people really all over the world because the Lions Clubs uh, recycle these to uh, not only the United States, not only Illinois, but all over the world. And so please help us do that. Illinois State Senator Terry Bryant. Terry, thanks so much for your time. I hope you have a great day. Thanks for having me, Will. You too.